Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Entrusted Podcast. I'm your host, Young Yi, and I just wanted to say that I missed an episode last week, and so this week, that means there are two episodes coming out. You can treat the other one as a bonus of sorts. Uh, that's coming out uh, midweek this week, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, for today's episode, I'm super excited to talk about the idea of Christ followers being, uh, quote-unquote, entrusted to share the gospel of Jesus Christ <clears throat> in our present moment in history. And honestly, the more I thought about it, the more I thought that the concepts and ideas of you know sharing the gospel in our, our present time today uh, are somewhat similar um, at best, right? And at the very least, an extension of uh, episode two in this season, uh, which is entitled Entrusted to Live Out the gospel. And so some of the ideas and, and concepts that I, I talk about here in this episode are going to overlap maybe a little bit um, with uh, the last episode, um, or at the very least, again, just it's like it's kind of like a two parter, right? Uh, kind of like an extension from that second episode. So hope you enjoy some of these thoughts. Check it out. Sharing the gospel, honestly, for me, as an Asian American, my understanding of evangelism was not that robust up until sometime in my late college years. In short, I would say that most second generation Asian Americans probably don't have the strongest grasp on evangelism tactics or even calls like, you know, like the command to evangelize uh, when compared to, let's say, like our white counterparts. And um, it's not like a race thing, so to speak. <clears throat> I'll actually explain this in a little bit here, but uh, this was most likely because for a lot of Asian immigrant churches, uh, the way that you would get people to come into your church was to really get the parents to attend the church. And that was highly emphasized because of my parents' generation just trying to find community as they immigrated to a new country. And it wasn't necessarily about evangelism um, that they went to church, right? Nobody like evangelized to them. Maybe some people did. I don't know. Uh, but it wasn't necessarily about evangelism um, that brought them to their church. But it was more so about community, right? I mean, you immigrate to a new country. You, know, you don't really know the language at all. Um, and you're trying to find other people that look like you. Again, this is my parents' generation. And... Um, you know, you might hear through the grapevine that at a church, right? Because they had churches in Korea too. But at a church, you're definitely going to find other Korean immigrants there. And so that's why they would go to church. And the reason why that's so important to understand, at least for me as an Asian American, in my understanding of evangelism, is that it was, church was strictly, purely, in a sense, communal for my parents' generation. That was really passed off, <clears throat> excuse me, passed off to me and my generation as well. Um, and the idea of evangelism was really never taught. Like I was never really taught to share the gospel with people in my life or to bring them to church so that, uh, that they could have more opportunity to hear the gospel. And I specifically mention, you know, my white counterparts <laughs> uh, because historically, uh, the call to evangelism was highly emphasized in many, you know, Eurocentric circles uh, all throughout the church's history. And I mean, you have so much of evangelism that's tied with colonization, which is another topic for another podcast episode. But, you know, you get the point, right? 
So me as an Asian American, I, I didn't really understand evangelism or even the call for the, the Christian to evangelize uh, up until I started attending the church that I work at at the moment of this podcast uh, recording. And I should also say that as I'm saying this, this episode is not just for Asian Americans. This is, uh, you know, just me providing some context in terms of where I'm coming from with evangelism. So if you're not Asian American, feel free to continue listening on. Trust me, it's applicable for everybody. All right. Um, and, you know, um, where was it going with this? Well, you know, when I was first learning about evangelism and what that looked like, um, you know, I felt uh, deficient in that skill set, in that gifting, the talent, whatever you want to call it. You know, my first impressions about evangelism came from, you know, phrases such as being on mission or, you know, go and tell versus like the whole come and see like church model um, or like cast the wide net because, you know, we're meant to be quote unquote fishers of men. And, you know, as helpful as those phrases might have been, uh, the most helpful idea uh, was the idea of evangelizing within and through our close relationships like the relationships that like exist. And the more and more I heard this idea of evangelizing through our relationships that already exist or the new ones that form, the more and more evangelism seemed like a command that I could follow. The reason for this is because I struggled with the ever-growing reality of churches booming into these large mega churches because it was fueled by a subliminal or maybe at times a conscious call to evangelize your heart out and reach as many people as you can in your life. Um, you know, I, 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 I have to admit that early on, like seeing like large mega churches was something that I was like, man, this, I wish all churches could be like this size, right? How cool would it be to have our churches packed to the brim uh, in that sense and to continue growing church sizes that way. Uh, but then as I continue to grow in, you know, as a Christian and as I continue to grow theologically and, and all that stuff, um, for me, I think I've landed at a place where um, I'm not saying that megachurches are necessarily wrong, um, but my my approach is more trying to figure out what is causing all of this evangelism to happen. And though the the numbers might be there, and you can obviously see where I'm going with this, though the numbers might be there, um, is that a good reason as to why this type of evangelism and growth is happening, right? Um, and again, that led me to think about, you know, is it is that type of evangelism culture in America, at least in America here, because I'm an American, um, is that healthy for the Christian, right? Um, in short, like, I think all of it was a numbers game, or at least, <laughs> or not all of it was, I, I guess I can't say that, but uh, we have to address the numbers game portion of the evangelism culture here in our country, right? And so call me out on that if you'd like. But at the end of the day, uh, the, evangel the evangelical church in America, <clears throat> in particular, I think a part of us, we've accidentally walked ourselves into a numbers game. And thus, that shaped the formation of what evangelism actually looked like for Christ followers. And I think it's become such a defining attribute of the church, you know, whether for the better or for the worse, that people outside the church are well aware of it, uh, especially in our day and age today. And I have this like kind of a funny story where uh, there was a time about a year and a half ago 
Um, I was hosting an event with my local church, uh, with my the church that I, I lead out at uh, on Michigan State University's campus, since this is where our church is located. And we were handing out free pizza and trying to get people connected to our church. Um, and I was talking to a student who turned out to be a master's student in physics. And about five minutes into our conversation, he was very blunt about knowing what my intentions were. Um, our conversation quickly turned into him saying, you know, I know what you're up to. You're trying to convert me. And I was like, uh, in my mind, I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I told him that I wasn't trying to convert him. I was trying to have a conversation with him. Um, but man, like with that statement, like I just saw any opportunity, at least in that moment uh, or any time in the near future, I run into the that same person like I saw any opportunity to like grow a genuine relationship with him, uh, walk right out the door. And that was, you know, he had his rightful place to be skeptical. You know, you find out that this is a church hosting it and you're going to have your guard up. Right. Uh, especially if you are an atheist um, and you really don't want to be converted by those Christians. Right. And, you know, this is just one anecdotal experience. But I do wonder how often non-believers think about what kind of walls do they need to put up around Christians, you know, for a multitude of reasons, especially to prevent themselves from being converted. And, um, you know, we have to ask ourselves, like, has this now become an unexpected result of a strong evangelical culture here in America? And, and by evangelical, I specifically mean to like emphasize sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, like nothing political here. Uh, we have to ask ourselves, like, what needs to change if that's the case? Um, and we need to also ask ourselves, like, where did where did we go amiss with all this, right? And like I said, so much of this episode is predicated on the previous episode about being entrusted to live out the gospel. And I think this is the way, uh, the most effective tactic to draw people into being curious about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, um, and that is through the means of what, people have called uh, relational evangelism, all right, relational evangelism, um, because I think it gives yourself more of an opportunity to share the gospel with those around you, assuming that, you know, you have uh, a handful of relationships with people in your life. Um, <clears throat> and it's something that the church that I'm at right now teaches over and over and over again. And personally, I'm on board with it. Um, I'm on board with, uh, uh, with relational evangelism, um, because it removes the pressure of playing the numbers game, right? Because everything already in our life is about numbers anyways. Like, I mean, you've heard it before, so I won't talk about it extensively, but things like our follower counts on social media, the amount of likes that we get on our posts, the amount of shares and all that stuff, all of that has formed and shaped our hearts and minds to make nearly almost everything that may seem uh, like it has some sort of value in our lives as a numbers game. And we have to be mindful of that. We have to be mindful of, you know, has this also crept into the evangelism culture within uh, here in America, right? Um, and, and that also individually for us, personally, we have to ask ourselves, um, how has this numbers game affected um, how many people we may end up sharing the gospel with during our time here on earth? And, you know, continuing on, I like the idea of relational evangelism because it gives you space to actually become friends with someone 
and form a genuine relationship with them. And this is perhaps the most difficult part for people who try to share the gospel with this type of approach in mind. They wrestle with whether they are being a genuine friend because they know they want to share the gospel with them at one point. Um, and honestly, I think it's a false dichotomy that we place in our minds. Um, it's okay that you want to be friends with someone and have sharing the gospel with them, like to be one of the reasons why you become friends with them. Like, I don't see like why that is so bad, right? There's nothing bad or wrong about that, but we can't let that be the sole reason as to why we want to be friends with them, right? Enjoy their company, share plenty of meals with them, be present in their good and bad times, um, and share the gospel when you think the iron is hot to strike. Um, so don't don't fall into the premise that it's a false dichotomy, that's an either or, it's a both and, um, which leads to, to my last reason why I personally like, um, you know, relational evangelism, um, because it prevents us from being dogmatic, it prevents us from being dogmatic. And I think a fair critique of our modern take on evangelism um, is that there has been an either or situation um, rather than a both and situation when it comes to sharing the gospel. And what I mean by this is that people have either only selected to follow the great commission or the great commandment. Right. Let me say that again. What I, what I mean by this is that people have either only selected to follow the great commission or the great commandment. They have either opted in to simply share the good news of Christ, which has led people to take on a more fire and brimstone approach, or they have opted in to simply live out the great commandment and inadvertently allow people to live the way they so desire to live, which, you know, because of our sin nature is adverse to the way of Christ, to the way of God. And my, my position and my understanding is that we need to follow both, like, Though that in and of itself might be a minimization of what Christ followers are to live like. Uh, but when it comes to this idea of relational evangelism, we need to realize um, that to love God is to follow his commands, right? And that also includes to share the gospel. And then to love our neighbors, right? We also need to realize um, to love your neighbor as yourself looks like being faithfully present with them with where they are at in their lives, but that also includes sharing the gospel with them as well. And so we can't just pick one or the other. Uh, we need the great commission and the great commandment. Don't forget that we need to follow both and not just one or the other. So, you know, who are the, the people in your life that you can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with? Can you take some time to re-examine if the way you've been trying is effective in our day and age today? Or if you're a lot like me and wrestle with sharing the gospel, what are some ways to sharpen the skill in your life? You know, I've probably shared the gospel in my life to about four or five people now over the span of about 10 to 15 years. And that's not that many, I don't think, at least compared to some of the people I know. They share like the gospel with like 20 people in a year. Um, and that's just how they're wired because they're naturally gifted in that way. Um, but, you know, these four to five people over the span of 10 to 15 years, they've all been with people who are in my life that I've built, that I've built relationships with over time. And it was a slow and steady burn, but it was worth it. I've gained friendships going through this route and deepened those friendships um, and at times, um, I've even gained a brother or sister in Christ along the way. 
And I hope that this can be also a reality for you. Um, And if you struggle with evangelism, just like me, if you struggle with sharing the gospel, just like me, uh, just know that you are in very, very much uh, good company. Um, And to continue just to press on, dig deep in those relationships, especially with those who don't believe. And, you know, continue to spur on with prayer. Pray for them. uh, Pray for their their salvation. uh, Pray for their life. Um, And hopefully at the end of the day that you too can gain another brother or sister in Christ along the way. Thanks for listening to the Entrusted Podcast. The Entrusted Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Young Yi. Special thanks to Eden Cran for designing our logo and to SB for creating the intro and outro tracks that you heard. You can find more of their work in the show notes for this episode. You can find more information about the Entrusted Podcast and the Entrusted Blog all on the Instagram page at entrusted.peoples. If you're interested in writing a blog post for the Entrusted Blog, feel free to head over to that Instagram handle, uh, which is also in our show notes, and click the link in the bio to be taken to the form to submit a request. Thanks so much again for listening, and we'll see you in the next one next week. Peace.